Welcome to The Run. This is episode 16, Patty Quinn along with Jerry Green, and we're back. We are back. It's exciting to be back. Oh, it's been so long. So there is an apology to be had here, and I shall take the floor for a moment, if you will. Are you all right with that? (laughs) So we did our last episode in September of 2019. And just for the record, Jerry, that was our most downloaded and most listened to episode it was gold baby gold it was gold as we it was gold recounted the chatham senior ironman's march to national supremacy in august of 2019 we did the podcast what about a week or two after yeah it was early september for sure all right so shortly thereafter i vacated my job at 95.9 sun fm work with great people just decided to make a career change ended up at town chrysler thank you to the gang there for uh, opening their doors to me and then you know how it goes jerry with a new job you just kind of get lost in the shuffle you're learning and uh, all that stuff and uh, things- six months later yeah all of a sudden one month becomes two becomes six and all of a sudden it's a year later so uh, please accept our apology. Uh, we do appreciate uh, folks who, uh, who have uh, sent us the odd note, text, or a conversation at a ball field or a rink, uh, which we haven't seen in some time, but we'll get to that as uh, episode 16 progresses. But uh, an apology on behalf of myself, and uh, well, I'll include you too, Jerry, as well. Sure you should. And what I mean by six months, take September and go to February, March, and then we're in the middle of a covid crisis well, and where nobody's doing anything for the next six months after that and it's just fortunate that we feel like here in new brunswick and atlanta canada that we have the ability you and i to still be in a room together and and, and uh, produce a podcast of which we miss greatly all right so january february of 2020 we were kicking the tires and getting back into the swing of things exactly because at that point in time we were in the middle of the 20th anniversary season of the timberwolves we'll give a quick overview of that uh, as uh, this episode progresses. But more importantly, uh, near and dear to you, the Moncton Wildcats were uh, building towards... Oh, I guess they were. A, ...a deep run, if yeah. not a championship, if not an appearance at the Memorial Cup, and then all hell broke loose with COVID-19 and the pandemic. And just real quickly on the pandemic, um, man, oh, man, Jerry, like, uh, and you and I work in the same industry, just overnight we were gainfully employed. The next day we were gainfully laid off and unemployed, and... It just seemed like one of those things that we should be reading about in history books, and mm-hmm. here we are with a front row seat. Oh, yeah, your lifestyle changes, and uh, the way you do things changes, the way you think changes. Um, as they say, there's there's a whole bunch of new normals now, and, uh, and the fact here we are in, in the late stages of October, and in every... Uh, public place you're wearing a face mask which who thought you know a year from ago a year from a year past what we would be doing in October of 2020 what that wasn't what I was thinking and it would have seemed obvious that both of us were home doing nothing that we would use this venue the run and the podcast Mm -hmm. to um, you know, kill some time and flush out some episodes but it just didn't happen uh you and I are not the most technologically advanced people so well you're pretty good but i I am good but to to coordinate two separate homes and zoom became a thing and yes all that stuff well then so then a facility for us to do this changed and a lot of things changed in that regard too right so again just backwards it didn't happen for us but here we are back with episode 16 thank you to everyone who listened in uh through episodes 1 through 15 again uh 15 for folks if you're joining us and you're listening new and you're hearing about us for the first time uh we do recommend that you visit episode 15 especially if you have any bent uh towards baseball absolutely that was uh uh, that was fun to do. It was um, 
so natural for us to do. It was fresh in our minds. Right. And to go through everything that happened during those nationals was really a lot of fun. And I think from the response we've got, a lot of people appreciated flashing back to some of the memories they forgot. All right. So before we get rolling here, we should uh, give a couple of shout outs and thank you to those that uh, got us rolling, uh, namely uh, Iron House uh, Productions, Colby Jardine, Aaron Furlong and their team. Uh, they got this uh, program running uh, originally and uh, we wish them all the best in their endeavors. You can check them out online and uh, see what they're doing in the uh, marketing world. The other one too, a bit of a sad note, is uh, we're recording this in our new locale and uh, I'll tweet out some pictures and Jerry will do the same as well of our new locale. Uh, we are located uh, just above Creative Grounds in the East Side uh, Creative Center and we want to thank Victor, Jody, and Trenton Summers for opening their doors to Jerry and I, both for the facility and for the equipment and all the high-tech gadgetry that you are hearing us on right now. Yes, uh, we wouldn't be doing episode 16 without uh, their help. And the perch we are in is uh, quite comfortable mm -hmm. and uh, very accommodating for a couple of big guys to get something uh, produced. And as I reference uh, Victor, you can check him and Sam Rush. You know, they have a podcast as well. You can listen on your uh, service of choice, namely uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, the Shantyman Podcast. You can check it out uh, with Victor and uh, Sam Rushton. Now... As we mentioned, Victor, Trenton, and Jody, the Summers family, it would be remiss of us uh, to not uh, tip our cap to our former locale, just kitty-cornered here uh, further down on uh, Canard Street and uh, Vogue Theatre. And uh, man, oh man, after I feel so connected to that building and so connected to the Summers family, they were kind enough to uh, include me in their team, if you will, uh, work uh, concessions, work the bar, work the stage, worked... Uh, in so many different capacities, and I appreciated that so much. Um, but what a shame after all the um, labor, all the love, all the financial resources that they put into it, both uh, with East Side uh, Church and uh, the Vogue Theater Group as well. And what a shame. Oh, it was starting to be a, oh, I don't know, focal point or a, a, a base for entertainment, for live entertainment, be it music, comedy. Um, drama drama it, it was and it was I think it was just on the cusp of you know becoming uh, attracting more and more and it was in, in, in late stages before we lost it had some great artists well, come through there as you say on the cusp of greatness and, and I do agree and best I can recall the last quote unquote big show with yes. no disrespect to anyone yes uh, was Matt Anderson. Yes. And I remember Victor, Darren McCormick, and myself uh, set up in the uh, front of uh, the former Vogue in front of the stage, and we sold that out in, it was under 15 minutes. 11 minutes is a number that comes mm -hmm. to my mind. And there was no online sales. It was all people coming yeah. through the door, cash in hand. Yep. And, you know, Matt Anderson, Jerry, <clears throat> whether you would uh, know or not, big name, tours the world. And Matt Anderson was going to be the guy that would have led others to come here they would yes. have said because he had a great experience here mm -hmm. we sold the room out in no time victor and his uh, team put on a, a first class show behind the stage which is super super important to those uh, performers uh, performers not to get crazy here but they want to know when they come to a new town and a new venue that the venue's good and they're in good hands and it's going to be safe and everyone's going to have a nice evening how many seats how many people can get in 
uh, 315 you know? for the sake okay. of a, a round number. And a, not a, a cozier place you couldn't be mm-hmm. for a performance. And I think Victor uh, had done what it was necessary to make the acoustics perfect in the room oh, sure. for any artist. Sure. Uh, all the renovations they had done upstairs, downstairs, front of the building, back of the building, tremendous. And what a horrible, horrible loss. Yeah. And as we mentioned the loss, as we mentioned Vogue Theater, it would be remiss of both Jerry and I to not mention the, the rest of their neighboring uh, buildings and the McLean family on the uh, back side of the property on uh, University Avenue. Right. Uh, so the whole block kind of just got wiped yeah. out there. So thoughts to all. Uh, I hope everyone's back on their feet in no time at all. I know Victor and his team are working towards uh, an end game here. Uh, I'll let him, uh, you know, share that with the folks as he progresses through it. But uh, I will say this: I don't believe we've seen the last of Vogue Theater, the name, anyways. No, that'd be that. Well, that would be tremendous to to uh, uh, resurrect the name. Yeah. Would that be a name? Would that be a thing? And, and the physical building is gone, but gosh darn it, it served as well. Yes. And uh, you haven't seen the last of it. And uh, again, to the McLeans as well, they'll get back going as well. So thoughts to all. And here we are in a new location for episode 16, The Run from Eastside Creative Center. And while we're talking about it, we should say... Get a little plug in here for Creative Grounds. Uh, this show, as we record on a Wednesday evening, is powered by... What did you get me here? Is this an Americano? Americano with milk. With milk. And you go you go black. I go black, baby. You never go black. You don't go black. All right. So thank you to the folks at uh, Creative Grounds uh, for the refreshments as well. So I think we wanted to start with the year that is the COVID year of 2020. And really, really, Patty, going back to January and February and when things did break out and in the world of sports, how it affected everything. All right, so we're talking on a, on a local scale? Well, we can start, start there for sure, absolutely. Right. The other stuff's well documented about the higher national, uh, but here locally. All right, so uh, when all hell broke loose, of course, you and I would have been uh, in the throes of the Maritime Hockey League season and the Miramichi Timberwolves 20th anniversary season. And uh, not to piss in anyone's parade, but it was the opposite of what you would have hoped would have happened for your 20th anniversary season. Well, if I think correctly, Patty, I think when the actual um, full grips in New Brunswick and we shut down as we, business... We were done. Timberwolves were done. Yeah, we were yes, done. Yes, okay. We were done. But all I'm I saying is, all I'm saying, part and parcel with this whole dismal 2020, right. it wasn't the best year for the... <laughs> For no, the good it, ship. No, it was not. Miramichi Timberwolves. Uh, 12, 35, 4, and 1. 29 points. Way off pace. Uh, goals for 162. Goals against 279. And I don't know what else to say other than no. it was a dismal season uh, on the ice. Um, you know, as much as I hate to say it, we're rink rats. We're there. We're part of the staff. Um, would you call us staff, I guess? We'd have to be. Sure. It just, there were some nights where you'd go, oh. There's a game tonight. Oh, yes. It, it got to that. Well, I, I don't think I ever did. I always loved going oh, to the oh, rink no, on no, Saturday no, no, night, no, no, no. But, and I didn't care if they won or lost. I liked being there. I liked being with you. I liked being with Newman, and, you know, it's a night out that we get to see some hockey. So. And, and uh, we get, we should get a plug-in. Uh, young uh, Sutherland would have been with us last year, Matt yes. Sutherland. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't want to sound like uh, Debbie Downer here, but there were times you were like, ugh, and you'd look and <laughs> you'd say, oh, cripes Yarmouth is coming or here comes the friggin Summerside Capitals again and you know credit where credit should be due I think I I'm just trying to think of the other division Jerry um where Yarmouth was number one in the other division I, I know but we're pretty centric in our division I don't, I don't see any team taking the Summerside Capitals it was their championship to win well they were the equivalent I thought 
of the Moncton Wildcats. Right. The uh, Capitals did everything to build the right team, and they they did so maybe two years ago to build the team they had and were dominant force. They won 42 of the 52 games they played. They only had seven regulation losses, and they were they were poised. They were they were ready to roll. Refresh me. Uh, was Tomei there, the old Wildcats guy? Was he the guy? Yes, he yeah. was in net. Right. And so then the Wildcats, on the other hand, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, had 51 wins atop of the uh, Eastern Conference. The only team better than them were Sherbrooke. Uh, and, you know, they weren't going to meet until possibly the semifinals. But they were built for greatness, too, and to have. And I still, when I reflect back, be it for Summerside and, I guess, more attachment to Moncton. And anybody doesn't know, I do play-by-play for the Moncton Wildcats on Rogers TV. So right. I see them all the time and I follow them all the time. Right. And I follow Quebec Major Junior Hockey League all the time. To have that, it, here, here's a flashback for you, Patty. It was uh, March 11th. We were doing a game on a Wednesday night against Cape Breton. And we weren't going to be back until the following Wednesday. And the Wildcats are going to, going to go on the road for two, two games on the weekend. Well, the league was paused by Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. We, we played on the 11th. That was a Wednesday. And I said, okay, boys, see you. we'll see you soon. And by the 13th, the league was paused and never resumed after that. All right. So before we get to that, because you're going to speak eloquently about that and, and dissect uh, Moncton, let's put the cap on our uh, Maritime Hockey League. I think we agree that it was Summerside's championship to lose. Yes, and I thought maybe the Wildcat or the uh, Timberwolves were very wise. They knew there wasn't going to be a playoff, so they decided we don't want to be in the playoffs. <laughs> at least. Now, that's tongue in cheek, gentlemen. Tongue in cheek. All right. So before you get wild on the Wildcats, as it were, um, the last official pre-COVID outing that I can recall. Uh, when life was still normal, in quotations, was when uh, you uh, lugged uh, Newman and I, Stephen Newman, uh, down to the Avenir Center to see Lafreniere's last visit to uh, the Avenir Center. Right. That which was... would have been, uh, I, I want to say, the 18th or 19th of February. It was. You're so, absolutely right. Somewhere around there. Yes. Because, and... you know why I remember that? Because Newman was all about it. And uh, we were going to hit IHOP, and then all hell broke loose uh, on that. Well, tell the story about that. We were terribly disappointed. We had researched IHOP, folks, for weeks. When when when, when we talked about that we were going, we're on the IHOP website and picking out what we're going to eat. Yeah, so. we knew what we were eating before we showed up. Yeah. All right, so here I am. Uh, and for those who don't know, those who know me uh, closely know that I do suffer. Is suffer the word? I, I am afflicted <laughs> I with. I think you are. <laughs> it is painful. <laughs> I am uh, afflicted with a, uh, a severe nut allergy, and uh, it sucks, and uh, I'm very selective of where I can eat, what I can eat, when I get somewhere where I can eat. Um, for instance, uh, the pain of it all. Now, physically, I don't look like anyone who's uh, been going without. Right. I get it. Insert laughter there. I'm totally, I get it. Haven't had Chinese food. I feel for you. Outside of the house yeah. since 1994 when mm-hmm. I was first diagnosed with this, which would have been my grade 12 year at uh, James M. Hill. Now, so Newman and I and uh, Green, well, you had to be there. Newman and I were, <laughs> no, but you had to be at the game. Well, yes, Newman I had to get you in. Right. Newman and I invited our, ourselves along and we were eye hopping for, oh, it had to be two or three Timberwolf games. Yeah. We were looking at the menu. We knew what we were ordering. 
before we showed mm-hmm. up. And I think we even went so deep as we were going to get three separate dishes and maybe... No, no. And we were going to go make sure we were there plenty early oh. so it, we, nothing got interrupted before right. we went to the game. We were leaving Miramichi at, yeah. say, two-ish for a 3.30 arrival <laughs> and a 7 o'clock game. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, we're scrolling through the menu and we're looking at, hey, am I going to go with the breakfast? Am I getting the burger? Am I getting the steak? Or a combination thereof. And IHOP had just opened. IHOP was, it. oh, feverish. Yes. Couldn't wait to get there. Just opened, though. Yes. And you scroll down, you scroll down, you scroll down, and there's a little footnote, and it sucks for people who are uh, nut allergy folks or have any intolerance to certain foods. Yes. It says, hey, by the way, we are rife with nuts, and if you have a nut allergy, <laughs> don't come in the door, fathead, is pretty much what it said. And I uh, rained in everyone's parade, and we ended up at uh, Wendy's, which we, can, we went? which we can do any day of the yeah, week I know. on any trip to Moncton, so... Uh, yeah, the ill-fated uh, trip to IHOP. So what do you, okay, what do you remember about the game? Well, uh, your first visit to the Avenue Center. Well, firstly, the, the building is, if you've never been, folks, and I understand it's a little bit of a different mm-hmm. uh, scenario now, and the doors aren't open in the truest sense of the word, yeah. uh, the building is world-class. Uh, concessions, just the way, the, right from parking lot um location downtown yeah. atmosphere yeah. it's well lit and look at i love the moncton coliseum loved uh, past tense i have tremendous memories there of the old hawks days i was an original moncton alpines fan if you want to travel down that road some yeah. night we'll do that uh concerts to no end mm-hmm. you love how i remember the names of uh, concert tours yes. uh nothing but great memories there but the moncton coliseum is not even comparable no. to this Avenir Center. No. It's not even close, no. with no disrespect. Yeah. Serve the community well, serve the province well, serve Atlantic Canada well. Uh, as far as the game, I remember because you had special parking privileges because you're on the Rogers crew, we we were in the backside of the arena. Yes. And maybe you see this all the time, and Newman and I, uh, I think you were already inside the building, uh, and Newman and I were standing outside, sitting outside in your car, as a matter of fact. And the first thing that struck me is that little, well, Lafreniere is on another level than the rest of the guys. He is the current Crosby, or McKinnon, or mm-hmm. whatever, McDavid. And uh, you didn't see this. Maybe we never discussed this, but when the Oceanic bus pulled into the backside of the arena, and for whatever reason, and I remember the uh, buses used to pull into the underbelly of the Coliseum. Is there that does not exist at the Avenue Center? Because they did not in this no, particular. No, it doesn't. Region. And it was strangely enough in the in the uh, in the architecture or the or the, or the engineering of the place. Uh, no, uh, it might be able to get its back end in, but not the whole bus. And it's not. Uh, it wasn't designed for that. And I, I find that very strange too. Um, but at the Coliseum, all you could do is drive the bus in, and that was it. It wasn't moving right. anywhere, but straight in, straight out. But yeah, no, they don't have that. Uh, so the first thing, footnote to that, then is, or, or uh, further to that, not footnote, further to what he just said because the bus can't come in uh and i don't know if it's cell phone or they texted ahead there was connection made and the security detail that came out of the avenue center to walk lafreniere into the arena was you just like wow like you realize this kid is going places and the investment for whoever was going to draft him needs mm-hmm. to be protected mm-hmm. and you know keep the fans away keep the media away and he he's a special guy on the ice, because the numbers prove it, but he's a special guy and handled as such off the ice. He lives uh, a different lifestyle than most 18-year-olds that you and I would be familiar with. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't sit with you. We were doing a job, or we were doing a broadcast, and uh, do you remember how it finished? 
Uh, it was a Moncton Wildcats win for sure. Lafreniere was in on three of their goals. I think he had at least two points. Yeah, maybe three. Okay. How but did then they won in overtime? Uh, was McKinnon scores? Pelche. Pelche. Pelche scores in the place erupts. And it was the only visit. And this is the other thing about uh, Ramuski and Moncton. Ramuski's in another uh, conference. So Moncton only plays them twice. So it's the only visit of Lafreniere to the Moncton Coliseum. Going back to the days when Sidney Crosby was the same thing, Sidney Crosby only made one visit to Halifax, Moncton, St. John. No, St. John wasn't around. Bathurst. Yeah, Bathurst, that sort of thing. So you only got to see those superstars once if they're in the, in the other conference. So um, you know, very I, exciting night, and that was late February. And so it, we're at late February. And it was a complete solo, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, it was. And there was no shortage of Mary Mashiers there. Footnote to the Avenir Center. And, I and it was a midweek game. It was a Wednesday evening, I yes, believe. Yes, yes. Um, Footnote for visitors or potential visitors, whether you're going to um, a Wildcats game or what's a basketball team? Is it Magic now? Magic. Yeah, Moncton Magic or a concert. Um, I might suggest you have a little snack on your way in. I got a little peckish after one of the periods and a Diet Pepsi and a bag of popcorn blew an $18 hole in my wallet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I near shit myself at the counter. I got. I was like, what just happened here? But anyways, uh, I understand making a buck and I get it. There's bills got to be paid and it's a treat and it was a nice night out. Uh, credit to yourself. So now I'm going to just uh, calm myself down. And it wasn't long thereafter that the season, the wheels came off it, but... Um, you know, Jerry, and uh, I'll give you five minutes here. Uh, walk us through the season that was and the season that could have been for the good ship Wildcat. Oh, well, uh, let's talk about they had a good base to begin with. They had a good import in Alexander Ivanov, and they had uh, their, their captain was uh, Jacob Pelche, who was drafted by the Calgary Flames, now playing in Valdor. They had Jeremy McKenna come back as a 20. Mika Sear, a New Brunswick boy, coming back as a 20-year-old. You're only allowed three in the queue. And they built uh, an import of uh, Axel Anderson, who came from Sweden. They had all the chemistry coming together, and then they made the trades to acquire uh, th- uh, two players from Halifax, which is uh, Benoit Olivier Gru and Jarrett McIsaac. McIsaac led Team Canada to a championship, and uh, they had uh, Olivier Rodrigue in that. Anyways, they had everything in place and cruising along 15 or 16 wins in a row. They'd only, they were 51 wins in 62 games going down the stretch and were just flexing their muscle as they were getting close to the playoffs, and, and of course, it, the season never happened. Now, the unfortunate part of all that when it comes to and now those these uh, trades have um, these trades have uh, stipulations to them now all right because Moncton paid a price to get some players that they got well allow me to jump in there just to uh, educate perhaps those that don't follow it as closely as yourself um, so you build Moncton had a few lean years and then you go for it they had a good core and they needed to tweak it and if this were a poker game they were all in on this they were all in absolutely all right so the ramifications of going all in is that you forecast one two if not three maybe four years on the other side of this it's going to be lean Uh, yes it can be Um, and what the cost was was Moncton's best young player who is going to be a superstar in Zachary LaRue now playing in in, uh, Halifax and Elliot Desnoyers, who just got drafted, it was his year to be drafted. He just got drafted. They had to go the other way to compensate for Bo Gru and Jarek McIsaac. So right. they take your two best players coming into the next season, 
and bang, they go somewhere else. And this is what hurts. And it would hurt Summerside, too, if Summerside made some trades. I don't think in Junior A it's as much uh, prevalent that you give up future considerations. Uh, but in this case, um, by no fault of the Moncton Wildcats and their players, they didn't have a chance to even compete. But still, they have to pay the price of trying to compete. You know what I mean? Right. They paid the price to build the team, but never, by no fault of their own, and God bless, they, they never got a chance to compete for it. And a matter of fact, Patty, once uh, March 13th came, they were all dispersed outside the city and never got to see each other. Right. So they, they, they sowed the gardens. They sowed the seeds, so to speak, but didn't get to the, reap the harvest. Absolutely. So... So then, well, yes, let, let me, then it, it becomes lean the next All right, so start it, but in your best opinion, much yes. like we just pretty much said Summerside would have likely won uh, the uh, MHL Cup, you know, depending on how, I mean, anything can happen in a seven-game series. Yes. We both know that. We've been around long yes. enough to know that. But it would have taken a hell of an effort from a, 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 a good to great hockey team to take the Wildcats out. Would absolutely you, yeah absolutely it would have taken a because the thing was that um what happens folks is there's a christmas trade period and that's when all this happens so those players that they did acquire and of course mckisaac was still at the world juniors didn't really come till mid-january or so but they were just starting to stretch their legs they were just starting everybody was getting used to each other they were just starting to put them all in the right spots that everybody had some chemistry going and then boom it stops and just another point with Summerside. Summerside had the best offense, had the best defense, had the best record. I could not see how Summerside was going to lose uh, to anybody in the MHL. All right. So ramifications aside, price they paid aside, um, what am I trying to say here? It just seems like a completely, and I don't want to dwell on it, and I don't want to add fuel to the fire, but it just seems like a completely – Lost season and everything was ultimately for nothing. Absolutely lost. They never even, you know what? And uh, it's big money. We know that. Never even got to see a, a, a gate in the playoffs. Lost. Yeah, all gone. And and as I've said to you before on this show, um, teams uh, uh, budget to break even during the regular season or have you know that's their budget that they work for or work with throughout the regular season I, I, based on average attendance i would say that's a success for most teams then playoffs is all gravy that's all gravy sure. that's all good money and it and it in most cases it should the attendance should be good and you're having two or three games a week perhaps in the in the uh, in the playoffs and you're selling nine dollar diet pepsis right so the management of the arena, the city, everyone, <laughs> everyone loses on this one. Everyone loses. The hotels, everybody. It, it was well, just we know what COVID's done to to business in, in the Maritimes, whew. in, uh, in yeah. New Brunswick, Atlantic yeah. Canada, in general for tourism alone. But uh, well, unfortunately, we had a front row seat for it as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, the wheels came off our industries there for what were you guys down eight, nine, ten weeks? We were down. Oh, it had to be six, that. seven. Yeah, okay, very yeah, good. I was home for six or seven weeks. So, so. Have we learned anything here in the sense that, I shouldn't say have we learned anything, has the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League learned anything in the sense that, have the rules been adjusted because Munkin went all in, didn't get to see it, and they get nothing back for it? Full credit to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So That's soon. That's not like you do it. I know. To Pat Management on the back. I'm not a fan of Gilles Curteau, but uh, him, uh, the head office, uh, all the teams, soon as things got shut down, it wasn't long after uh, where it got shut down for good. It wasn't long after they were getting together and coming up with a game plan 
to when when we restart, what are we going to have to do to make sure everybody's safe? Now, nobody, well, so, uh, experts did, but Patty, I'm sitting there in March and thinking, you know, people are saying it's going to be six, eight, ten months before, you know, we're back to any sort of normal and we still aren't. But I'm thinking, what, six, eight, ten months, you know, before, you know, anything becomes normal again? It, it was a strange, it was hard to get your head around it. Sure. So they got right at it right away. And they're the first major junior league to be up and functional right now. Now, not fully functional, and there has been some bumps in the road, and I think they were prepared for that. And there has been some criticism that they may have jumped the gun early. Uh, I still don't think, and let me just get back to that. For, Sorry. One of the things that happened from uh, a team like Moncton or Shakutami or even Sherbrooke, who were going after it all in, now anybody that makes a trade... There's stipulations. So if anything unforeseen happens, there is a stipulation based on a trade that right. you might so, have made. So the rules so have been adjusted. There have been rules adjusted. All right. So, and bear with me here and let me make my point before you give me your answer. Where was the Memorial Cup going to be? Kelowna or Kamloops? One of the two. Was... Yeah, Kamloops. All right. And Kamloops didn't have a very good team. All right. So hang on here now. So we put Wildcats aside. Uh, we put Avenir Center aside. We put the trades aside. We put the building aside. We put the monetary value lost aside. I'm talking to Jerry Green. Independent Jerry, we'll call him. <laughs> How pissed are you? Because this was, I don't want to say your shot, but you would have been running deep into early May, still doing hockey in early May. Come on, the dream. And maybe you get shipped off to... <laughs> Cam loops for a, for the trip of a lifetime. You never know. Um, it was certainly, and again, as I said about the players, I was thinking about the players and how you're ripped right out of a team atmosphere yeah, but I, and forced on. to be independent. Now, that was one of the things. But, but I'm, then a, I, on I'm myself, asking about you. On myself. Because in, yeah, in your head, you're gearing up to run deep. I'm looking, geez, I'm looking forward to it, absolutely. And, and, and you're shutting your mouth and your suitcase is already packed open. I guess. Please invite me to Kamloops if yes. we make it that far. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was, uh, you it imagine was like. Can you imagine not that anything was guaranteed? Can you imagine late May Jerry on an off day golfing in Camp Loops and then catching a game on that particular evening? Like, I mean, is that not the best trip ever? Well, it would be the best trip over. <laughs> but it was never guaranteed, and nothing's ever guaranteed. I just had a sense by being, and I'm not trying to be a homer here. I know good hockey when I see good hockey, and that Moncton Wildcat team of 2019-20 was a great hockey team that I it was going to take a, a, a humongous. Herculean type of effort by another team in that other conference to knock them off. Would let me let me paint a picture here, and if I embarrass myself, I'll apologize. Would have been would it have been possible early or maybe later that Ramuski and Monk can go head to head? Could Lafreniere have carried them that far? No, I don't think so. Wow, I don't think they were. De well, he had Lafreniere in that number one line, but you didn't have the as the depth that the Sherbrooks and the Shakutamis and the and the Monktons had. They didn't have the depth. They had the star, but they didn't have the depth. Hmm. You, you need to have, and you need to have that bottom six. They have to be performers too. Those that know me know me. I'm an unabashed Oilers fan. Rodrigue is my draft pick. Yes. Listen to me. My draft pick. Our draft pick. Um, was he the guy? Absolutely. He mm -hmm. was uh, early going. You didn't know. And, uh, of course, he... Do you remember that story? He was at the World Juniors. Absolutely. He was the third goalie. Mm -hmm. 
And when goaltending was kind of shaky there for a little bit in some of the games, anyways, he was there and doing what he had to do to make sure, you know, he was ready in case he got the call. A true, as I say to you, a professional, uh, you know, being ready, being, you know, not self-centered that you're getting all, you know, all snooty-faced and all sulky that you're not playing. Mm Mm-hmm. And he came back with a great attitude, and he was playing great down the stretch, and uh, everything was in place. And uh, it was so, so sad uh, that it had to end that way. And then, they, and then those players that became brothers because they were driving towards a, a goal just got ripped apart and never saw it. I, 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 think, I think of the uh, Europeans that they had. Just bam, they had to go home. After a few weeks in Moncton, they had, everybody had to go home. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? I do. Yes. I'm reminded of it right now. Um, have you talked either on the tail end of last season or have you been down yet this year? I have not. Okay, here we go. Well, we, we, well, well I was just going to say, have you, what's the, is there, was there a general malaise, uh, with the front office people and your Rogers friends, like, and, and Hodge, who's a good friend to, to yourself, was everyone kind of like, holy shit, this was our year. Like everyone felt the same oh, thing. Oh, absolutely, Patty. It was built perfectly. Everything. You had the leadership. You had the depth. You, you had the skill. You had the toughness. You had the good goaltending. You had everything you needed. And again, you know me. I, I, when I see a team and I, I, I study them, it doesn't matter if it's the Moncton Wildcats or anybody, if I'm afraid of a certain team by what I've seen by them. But I, this team, I didn't think there was anybody that was going to – uh, anybody that was going to beat them the way they were rolling. And I may be wrong on this, but um, and maybe I'm blurring the lines between two seasons, but uh, was there not a coaching change uh, leading up to all this too? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. At L- Christmas time. LaCroix came in. LaCroix came in to replace Torchetti. Right. Torchetti got it. Anyways, it was a season to remember. And the fact that they, they were so, able to insert LaCroix and not miss a beat, and LaCroix had the same assistance listen, that Torchetti had. Don't know don't know the guy. We'll likely never meet him. You've probably exchanged words with him and had interviews with him. And I don't mean exchange words, heated words, you know what I mean. Um, but what an assignment to be gifted that team. Like At Christmas time, he's like, holy shit. This, I don't know what he was doing. I can't recall what Daniel this, LaCroix was doing. This is the dream job here. And he's been in Moncton before. Right. Uh, he was an assistant with uh, uh, Ted Nolan and, and Danny Flynn, Flynn in that yeah. 05, 06 Memorial Cup hosting year. Right. He was there for that. So uh, he is familiar to Mr. Irving. And so for Mr. Irving to find him, and I don't know if Dan was working at the time or not. But anyways, he comes in and just picks up where they left off because the team was the team. You couldn't, I don't think you could screw them up because they were so good. I said it to give you five minutes, but yeah, you, know, you, you blew the margins on that. Yeah. But all, uh, all good stuff. So getting back to, let's say, early March. So let's say we go to see Ramoski in February, and then we're early March. That's when the Timberwolves season ends. Right. And the MHL was ready to start the playoffs, do you remember? Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. Wheels First, came off it. Campbellton games were canceled, yep. and, and they were postponed. And then all of us, what was it, a week, 10 days but after? Again, but again, how innocent were we, going back to what you said earlier, um, we thought it was going to be a couple of weeks, you know? Yes. Let this storm blow over. Sure. I mean, we knew nothing about no. COVID-19, no. coronavirus, pandemic. Yes. Um, okay, we're just going to put our lives on hold here. Let's go chill out. Let's go hide for a bit. And this yes. will blow over and... No one anticipated it. Ah, four to six weeks. Maybe they'll resume the season. Sure. NHL, yeah. you know, CHL, NBA, you know, that that was going to happen. Do you remember that was the first, it was an NBA player that first uh, contracted COVID that 
that the alarms all of a sudden went off. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember. Yeah, that. it was an NBA play. All right, uh, so let's uh, fast forward to where we are right now and the Miramichi Timberwolves. Are we off Monkey Wildcats for a minute before we break into the the new season? Well, I was just going to say, and you said to me, uh, talk about the local impact of COVID. You know, there was a lot of young hockey players and basketball players around this city that had their season just stop. There was no play, there was no playdowns, there was no uh, provincials, there was no nothing in hockey, basketball, anything. And what a, what an absolute shame that was too. Well, look at uh, the, the the kids. Oh, if you want to travel down that road, allow me this. Uh, give me some room here. Uh, and uh, you've had a daughter who graduated uh, from high school. I've had a son who graduated from high school. What a shame for those kids to not have that experience. I she mean, still hasn't got her graduation. They've never had her graduation. Oh, she was supposed to graduate from UMB. She was supposed to graduate oh, in, well, you know, and supposed to get, you know, the ceremony, the pomp and circumstance, sure. and never ever have not had it yet. They and, were going to have it. And, in the fall and still have it. And look at the high school kids here in town and, right. and anywhere for that yes. matter. Never had their prom, never had no. their baccalaureate service, never no. had their graduation service or uh, ceremony. Uh, but you know what? Allow me this. Credit where credit is due. I say that often. Um, through all the madness, mm-hmm. I, I respect and admire everyone, whether they were principals and teachers, school district, whether they were coaches or leaders of an organization, everyone seemed to do something through all the chaos and madness and, and, and make it make it something. and Adapted. At, at least adapted. Made it special in the sense that who's ever going to forget this year? Yes. These are the Corona kids, as it were, the COVID <laughs> kids, you know? Yes. You know, you'll look back on that. Never thought of it that way, but you're right. <laughs> all right. So before we get to the Timberwolves season here, it will be remiss of me. So now we're in March. We're coming into April. May would have been Memorial Cup season time for Jerry. Didn't happen. May long weekend, what happens? May long weekend is the New Brunswick Senior there Baseball League. Yes. And, you know, we're all chomping at the bit because under normal circumstances, even if the Timberwolves run deep, uh, the Maritime Hockey League and uh, the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League for losers like you and I who live and die on both, there's a there's a big lag there. There's a six to eight week where you're like, yeah. holy shit, we're two months away from another outing. Again, never in my wildest dream would you have thought this was going to go into May. Yes. June. Yes. July. Mm-hmm. And they were still kicking tires on, uh, you know, do we play our regular 32 games? Do we make it 28? Do we make it 24? And then Do we change the rules? Right. Do Remember we ch- that about no, you know, there was no tagging. Uh, I said, well, you can't change the game just to get them going. Yeah, well, there, there was all kinds of no rules. No touch rules. You couldn't hold a runner on at first <laughs> right. for, for fear of contact. No. Your umpire has to be behind the yeah. pitcher, and yeah. the whole dynamic of the game would have changed. But anyways, even innocently enough, as we look back on it, there was every reason to think we were going to be in the ball field at some point yes. in time. Yeah. Didn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, um, and I said as much, I did um, have a chat on Rogers TV uh, earlier this week. And it's a program called Have a Chat. It's a program called Have a Chat, yeah. And I sat, I subbed in for uh, two of the girls who normally hosted, Audrey and uh, Judy, did it with Veronique. And she asked me about, did you miss your Thursday night outings at Ironman Field? And I'm like, yes. But, but here's the thing, and I speak for a certain portion of the population, yourself included. I don't think that Jerry Green has to have the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League schedule on his fridge. I don't think you need to check it out online in your brain. You're just programmed to go to the ball field on Thursday evenings at 730. Right. And you don't care that it's Moncton. You don't care that it's Fredericton, St. No. John, Charlottetown. No. You're going. 
and just that uh, in and of itself for a certain portion of the population we're just like forward to we're just like robots we go up over the hill and oh Fredericton's here Thursday night great I've never I've never talked myself out of going on a Thursday night when you go oh shit we're seeing Moncton again Mm -hmm. yeah it's never been part of the conversation sure you get sick of seeing Moncton more often than not but again you understand that they're the closest team and uh traveling midweek at these guys uh, points in their lives, you know, with career and family and all that stuff. That's why they do that. Blah, blah, so blah. So they made the call early that they weren't going to play the New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. Right. They made the call early. And, which, then, and then... Because you had imports to consider and all that sort of stuff, well, and advertising had to be done. They had to call that early. Right. And then and, and then the city's hand was forced by the provincial government. And when I say forced, I don't mm-hmm. mean that negatively. It's yep. just the new rules come in that ballparks were closed. Right. Public spaces were closed. Yes. So it couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then the cookies crumbled. There was no Miramichi Valley Baseball League, no New Brunswick Junior Baseball League, uh, no Midget Baseball. No minor ball. No minor ball until late, late, late. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, again, credit where credit is due. They Zeus. played in town. Yeah, they played They played themselves, yes. and they, they barnstormed uh, the local ball fields and put teams together where they could, and they made something happen uh, for the kids. But um, you know what? Uh, can we discuss this? And I've, I've been putting some thought into it. And I have not had the conversation with uh, the Kevin Boses, Mark Noels, Greg Morrises of the world, but. Who are the Ironman brain thrust. Right. Yes. You know, what, what does, ne- assuming we're a green light go for next year, and they usually get together at the Golden Hawk in what, February, March, and get things rolling with some inside workouts. Yeah. You know, maybe some of the boys, and we're not, we won't use any names or anything, but maybe some of the guys are, have gotten used to. You know, that's because it's a grind. You start, know. In, you start in February and you end on the arse end of September, if not October. No, it usually runs into October, right? I heard some of them played slow pitch all summer well, and had but, a great but, time. Right, but here's the thing. You're right. You're, you're, you're not running to Fredericton on no. a Friday night, yeah. you know? Uh, so that whole dynamic. Sure. Uh, conversely, if, if, if some guys decide to walk away, we're not limiting this to the Chatham Senior Ironman. This is league-wide. Exactly. If some people, and I had this point made here the other day to me, and I never really thought about it until I was put in my place, um, had a conversation <laughs> at work. Uh, if Jerry decides he's not going to play baseball anymore, well, that opens a spot for Patty to come sliding in, and all of a sudden you get some new blood here. Right. Assuming new blood is there. Um I don't know. Do Does every team survive in the Brunswick Senior Baseball League? Are they all coming back if they're... Is a new season in May of 2021? Is that realistic? Who knows? You know, I, you know, I don't, don't know. know. Don't know what the future holds, and Pat, I'd hate to predict, because who would have predicted this oh. even here in late October? Right. And again, as you live through it, you see how you know nothing happens quickly. And uh, how the summertime was a, a time where the, uh, the pandemic uh, subsided. But now, because we're all outside and we had outside activities, and now once we get back indoors again, that's what they're claiming is part of the spike that's happened in the world of COVID. But here locally again, Patty, when, when we talk about sports and uh, what was affected uh, by uh, the uh, pandemic, was the golf club sold out, and you could not, from dusk till dawn, uh, from from uh, from uh, the sunrise to sunset, there was no open tee times because it was packed with people, and they had a promotion on, which was great, but that was the activity of the summer was playing golf. All right, so that's interesting. Uh, you're, you, they've seen a spike in their membership. They were sold out. Well, what they did, can, Patty, can, they had a... They how had, do you, uh, just trying to understand, I'm not a golfer. I, I've golfed maybe 10 times in the last 10 years. How can you sell out? Is there just... I don't know what the uh, mathematics is. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm thinking 
there's only so many tea times per day, mm-hmm. and you would have X number of people playing on those tea times. Ah. There must be some sort of figuring out the that way, there. where that if all your members wanted to play, could they all play that day? I don't know if that's it or not. Right. But there must be some mathematics uh, that would have to trans how many tea times we have, how many days of the week there is, that type of thing mm-hmm. uh, would maybe uh, be the solution. So, so, so does does longtime golfer Jerry get pissed off because there's an influx of new? Or, are we? Look at is the longtime golfer happy? There's new blood there. Or are they pissed off that we're taking the time? Tea time. There's a huge injection of revenue. Sure, but yeah, it's cramping some people's styles. I, but now I, here's I, the other thing. I would think it is because I, and we won't use names, and you know who I'm talking about when I say this. There are guys that mm-hmm. on any given day, May through September, I can tell you who's got that. Oh no, it was who's tight. teeing off between seven and eight? Yeah, it was tight, and that never affected those guys. Never, it never affected the Warriors. The Warriors were covered. no, but but what I'm saying is those are the people that were probably more apt to be pissed off. But it didn't directly affect them, right? Okay, but having said that, so here you are in the in a uh, golf season that no major tournaments are happening. The hospital tournament, there's a number of big tournaments that aren't happening. Right. There's people renting, like you, your staff went and played, mm-hmm. or you went to a tournament. Yeah, there was another tournament you went to, but there was at least three tournaments that were were didn't didn't happen. The best I can recall, uh, and again, that's my only connection to Miramichi Golf and Country Club. Right. Love the place, respect everyone who works there, and, and the efforts they put in. And the membership but just not a golfer myself because i'm terrible uh but you're right the hospital foundation i don't think the timberwolves had theirs no. um the chamber did not have theirs oh no there was the yeah. one tournament that i did play in was the uh scott knowles scott knowles they yeah. did that and that was it was in the arse end of august as i yeah, recall I so too. mid to late august yep. um but it was a it was a activity during the summer. Either you did that, or you're you're buying a a uh, watercraft and you're wow. out on the water, or you're Talk because you. there wasn't anywhere to go. Your colleagues next door tell me they yes. didn't have a bumper sold crop out. Of, yes, and the folks out on the wave highway. runners, sea dews, all sold out. Boats, pontoons. huge activities, pontoons, mm-hmm. trailers. People were camping like crazy during the summer. So those are the things you had to do, or what became a new lifestyle. For a lot of people, because there wasn't uh, the distraction, not the distraction, there wasn't the ability to go to sporting events. Patty, there wasn't the ability to go to festivals. There wasn't ability to leave the province. But even a number of festivals we have around Miramichi, none of them happened. And you know, near and dear to your heart, and the Irish Festival never happened. Well, look at, and I hate to say this, but uh, much like I said about uh, New Brunswick Senior Baseball League, uh, I, you know... <sighs> I got to be careful what I say here. It's my little baby there, the move to Waterford Green. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest with you, I uh, I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> I know. Yeah, kind of enjoyed not right. having phone calls, texts, emails, meetings, right. and shit coming at you from all corners. You know, for that seventy-two hours of mayhem and yes, um, I'll tell you that weekend, which is always always starts. Uh, well, for thirty-five plus years, uh, I think we're coming on to thirty-eight. Uh, don't uh, is thirty? Doesn't matter. But it's always the third Friday of July, yeah. and on the Sunday of that weekend, I'm just about ready to grab a gun and shoot my feet off because I've they're, they're sore and the, I've been run into the yeah. ground. The weather was good that weekend again, too. Well, I remember. Can, can I give you the history of this? Are you ready for this? I th- yeah, I think I know this, but yeah, tell everybody. Well, the Irish Festival, the uh, forefathers and mothers of the Irish Festival, which started back 83, 84, I want to say 83, Statistically speaking, and someone did their homework here, 
statistically speaking, and I don't know if this is scientific or if it's farmer's almanac stuff, but the third week of July is the dry, traditionally the driest weekend in Miramichi every year. For water. For, for water. Yeah, for water, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know what? We, if folks are hearing that for the first time, they, they kind of go, cool. There hasn't been, knock on wood, know, there hasn't tremendous. been back in the LBA days yeah. or in the water for green days, mm-hmm. there hasn't been too many torrential downpours where you go, shit, we're in trouble here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it was never a factor at the LBA, but it certainly is a factor downtown. I'd love to ha- tell you, everyone, that we have a great plan B. I'd be lying to you because we don't have a plan B. We cross our fingers that the sun's going to shine. Or <sighs> that it rains early and you can't get, mm-hmm. you can only get so wet. Now, the the good news on that is just, and we'll get back on the topic here, is, yes. you know, little drizzle, little rain would deter the Jerry Greens and Patty Quinns coming, but the, the 19 to 30-year-olds yeah. don't give a shit. They're, coming. they're gooned up at a house party, and they're rolling down over the yeah. hill. So, so the summer that. rolls along, Patty, and the NHL decides to have a bubble, the NBA decides to have a bubble, and that becomes some entertainment for us during the, during the summer months. And then the Q starts talking about a date that they can start, and the Maritime Hockey League decides a date that they can start and what stipulations they're going to have in place. So why don't we go there? Why don't we go what we see uh, for the Miramichi Timberwolves this season? Uh, I think a vastly different team that we saw last year. Oh, it's a vastly different team in the sense that uh, we have uh, more firepower, uh, better on defense. Uh, Moody, by all accounts, you've seen him a hell of a lot more than I have over the last handful of years. Moody's been gone from here for... You know, most of his three seasons, teenage years. Well, yeah. Um, but but here here's here's just a, a real layman's way of explaining and, and getting the ball rolling here. I'll give a pass to that first exhibition game, preseason game. They like to call them now. They don't like to call them exhibition games. It's gonna be preseason. Really? Okay. Yeah. Frig off. All right. Um. I'll, I'll give that Fredden game a pass. That was just. It was nice to be back at the rink, but it was very. Odd. We didn't, well, and, no one knew how to act. And usually the first game you're throwing some guys that are on the bubble into this situation. Right. Throwing them on the ice. Uh, but, but again, just the atmosphere. Yeah. Of it. It, it wasn't a fun night at the rink. Everyone, we were f- trying to feel out where you could go, where you couldn't go. Oh, you mean the first Saturday night, the first game we had against Fredericton preseason. Right. Right. Gotcha. But, but anyways, right. the point I'm making here, just to, just to, to, to we'll use this as our entry point and our gateway into the, the upcoming season. The last preseason game with Grand Falls was fun as hell yeah that was yeah i mean we're engaged and we see it differently where we are and we're busy but it was exciting we gave up way too many shots and moody was (laughs) left out to dry a few times but it was fun it was entertaining it was entertaining yeah it was even the game against fredericton that ended up seven six the other home game during the preseason was entertaining too what the timberwolves did do is score some runs or score some runs score some goals uh in the preseason but yes they allowed some too but the moody was only in for two of those four games moody faced 96 shots last weekend in two games yeah and and two overtime wins yes 96 shots in two games so we gotta shore things up there a tad yes um cause for excitement and you have some uh, statistics to back this up and you've done some uh uh, sleuthery work here and some good sleuthery, yes. some good reporting. But uh, for me, and I have a bet on this already. Uh, I won't say who it's with. Uh, I don't want to go all Pete Rose here and get anyone in trouble. But I have already predicted that Blackwell will be in the top three point getters in this coming season. You don't want to go Pete Rose-ish. 
No, because I made mean, a, I, from his gambling. I, I made a bet with an insider, a league insider. That <laughs> what do you go with, he, Jimmy the Greek or somebody, <laughs> Pete Rose? But, yeah. but Blackwell, in and of himself, Spencer is his first name. Spencer, yeah. In and of himself, and I think he's the product. Help me out here of the Imbo Walker trade to the Truro Bearcats. Correct. Blackwell in return, and maybe some other pieces. And but, it was um, Matt Gordon. Okay, very good. Yeah. But Blackwell, in and of himself, look at. I'm predicted top three in points, and I'm going to say he'll be 120 to 140 penalty minutes. He's no stranger to mucking her up. And he laid some bodies out, too. And he works like a dog out there. He wants the puck, and uh, goddammit, he'll go get the puck. What's the uh, Sean um, Evans? No, Sean, what's the head coach of True? You got it. Evans. Where he found Blackwell in Ontario. Now, Blackwell's not a Maritimer. Okay. Oh, I assume he was a Nova Scotian. No, he's not. And here's the here's well, the so, night. So how 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 have so many teams up there missed this guy? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So enlighten me. He was uh, cutting his teeth, if you will, with the Thorold, Thorold, T H O R O L D, Thorold, Thorold Blackhawks of the Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League, which they say is the Golden Horseshoe in around Hamilton and a, a very competitive league. Is it? A, it's a Junior A league or a Junior B? Junior league? A league. You no, sure? It's a jun- yes, the Greater is it, Ontario. Is it part of the? Is it part of what we know as a CJHL? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Well, trust me on that. Okay. okay. All right. He was there in seventeen eighteen, and he was there with. Um, with um, Nick Gidney. Now, Nick Gidney's on the blue line for the Timberwolves and, this year. A and, new face. And you like this guy. I like him very much. I know you do. what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So he's cutting his teeth with them. He plays then with Quebec, the Ramparts. He played 43 games with them season before last. Do you remember him? Before, no. No. Uh, before, Evans somehow gets him to come to Truro. You know how many points he had in Truro last year? I G- wouldn't trust you would know that. G- Gidney but. as a defenseman, I'm going to say. No, no, I'm talking about Blackwell. Oh, I'm talking I- about Blackwell was in the queue, not Gidney. S- okay, sorry, 70 plus for sure. 66. He had 26 goals and 46 in 48 games. Yeah, he's a beauty. Okay. The other connection here is Nick Rabino played for these Thoral Blackhawks as well. And plays with Gidney last season. So what's the connection here? Do we have an insider or does someone Blackwell have an insider? Blackwell got them both to come. Blackwell oh. was the connection that got them both to come to Miramichi. Rabino led those Blackhawks um, in scoring last year with 52 points. Gidney was their leading defensive scorer with 28 points. Wow. So now they have landed in Miramichi with Blackwell and have really, I think, you know, up the... Uh, probability of the team being very good this season. And you, you talk about the, the guys that we, that we still have, like uh, Conor McGregor had 21 goals last year, and you got uh, Charles Andre Sipiot back, and you've, and you've got you know, Kenny Glant back, you got Milson back, you got mm-hmm. Hebert back, you got McCauley back, you got all those guys back. I tell you, the one that I get excited uh, is uh, Jacob. Jeremy Jacobs yep. back, and Jeremy Jacobs only 19. And he's got a wealth of experience in the, in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He played uh, over 100 games in the queue, and he comes here as a 19-year-old, and I think he's going to be – and he, along with uh, McGregor, led them in scoring in the 
preseason with four goals each. Can, so. I, just, can I just jump in here with a yes. little nugget here? And uh, I'm going down this rabbit hole, so I'll update you the, on episode 17, folks. Canadian Junior Hockey League, which the Maritime Hockey League is a member of. This is the umbrella. Yes. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Superior, mm-hmm. which is parts of Ontario, and I believe there's a couple of American teams in that one, Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. And then Ontario Junior Hockey League, and then Central, which is through the Ottawa Valley. CJHL, yes. And then Quebec, and then Maritime Hockey League. So this league that you're talking about must be one of those rogue leagues that doesn't answer to this one. I thought it was. But again, how does it – I mean, folks, again – There'll be a lot of teams in around the Golden Horseshoe there in Hamilton. I'll show you that in a second. I don't want to – Might be a league all in itself. I don't want to overthink this, but – this guy never played a game in the OHL. This guy is a player. Oh, no. So, Patty, there are so many players available in the Ontario Hockey League. And I'll, and I'll bring Claude Giroux up for an example. The Gatineau Olympic, uh, Hull Olympic of the time. It was Gatineau, I believe. Gatineau's right across the water from Ottawa, the river from Ottawa. And Giroux was looked over by the OHL, and, and Gatineau does it all the time. They invited him to camp as a free agent, and the rest is history. Of course, he's the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. And that does happen. There are so many players available in, the Ontario, in Ontario, Patty. Some of them slipped through the cracks. Claude Giroux went on to be a first-round pick to the Philadelphia Flyers, 22 overall in 2006, and year to date has 815 points in 889 games. Awesome. And you're telling me that the OHL took a pass on this kid. Wasn't big enough. Well, people should have lost their friggin' jobs Again. over that one. Yes. There are, there are a few that do, and there's some that are late bloomers. And I, you can't predict that. I'm going back to the annals of Timberwolves history. I can't still, and don't roll your eyes because I've said this often, I still can't fathom that Andre Gill never played a game in Yes, I know. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League or any other major junior hockey league. It's bewildering. And I think Owens, who we both loved and admired and watched him grow up, I think Owens played less than 10 games in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And that's a goddamn shame. And the latest news from the world of Timberwolves is they've added uh, Matt Lint. Now, Matt is uh, from Moncton. He was a, he was their f- uh, f- uh, first-round pick, third overall for the uh, – for the Timberwolves in 2019, went to Cape Breton as a free agent last year, played in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for 17 games, and then finished his season with the Moncton Flyers, or vice versa, started the season with Moncton and was a free agent walk-on with Cape Breton. Now, he's now set to come to play for the Timberwolves, hasn't played a preseason game yet, but again, you look at the defense, Holder, and they've added Jordan Spadafor, who we haven't even talked about yet. Pardon me for this. Uh, I took my headphones off. Who are you talking about now? Matt Lint. Okay. And this was somebody that Doug Cooley mentioned was coming. And the name was familiar for, to me from the queue and playing for the Cape Breton Eagles. Okay. Um, he is ready to come. And he's only 18 years old. And, 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 and who's your friend there that you were talking to in the penalty box? Jordan Spadafore. That's Spadafore. Who played a number of games with the uh, St. John Sea Dogs. Right. And uh, a matter of fact, 56 games last year with the Sea Dogs, 108 penalty minutes. How's she going? With three goals, eight assists for 11 points with the Sea Dogs. And uh, he's coming, and he'll be a force now to be reckoned with. How do you know Because he called you Jerry the other day. How'd you, have you, how would you have you? Oh, well, you're around the rink, and, you know, I know him, he knows me, whatever, through, I've never met him before, wow. but you just come upon that sort of thing. Can, we, can we take He's a- going to be somebody you got to watch, because he's going to be a leader back there on the blue line with the toughness, grit, and will be able to jump into the play. He's quick with his feet. Greater Ontario Junior Hockey League, just to take a okay. little tangent here for a second. Are you ready for this? Yep. And I'm not up to speed on my Ontario geography. Yeah. 
Uh, Air, A-Y-R, Centennials, Brampton, Brantford, Buffalo. So it spreads into the states. Caledonia, Cambridge, Chatham, um, Elmira, Fort Erie, Hamilton, Kamoka, LaSalle, Leamington, Listowel, London, Niagara Falls, Pelham, Sarnia, St. Catherine, St. Mary, St. Thomas, Stratford, Strathroy, Thorold, KW, I would assume is Kitchener-Waterloo, mm-hmm. and Welland. So that's a hell of a league. So if you can go down that hole a little bit further, does a champion from that league, is it continued junior A league, no. does it compete for no. national championships? No, not at all. They don't. So we're going to go down the rabbit hole on this. We're going to find out. On this rogue league. Right. All right, so... Um, Geez, we're getting. Uh, Where are we? We're, we're we're pretty chatty here, uh, but it's been a year since we've done this. <laughs> All right, so enlighten the folks here and uh, enlighten the folks on the current status of the Maritime Hockey League. We're in pandemic mode here. Um, they've the tim- the good news here is the Miramichi Timberwolves will make the playoffs uh, this season. Everybody, everybody makes the playoffs, and we're into a bit of a mini division. And our mini division is us, the Camelton Tigers. And Summerside Capitals. Am I correct? correct. I'm correct in saying now, that. Now, here's the thing, Patty. Well, currently, Camelton's in a, they call it orange? Is it orange? Uh, yeah. Yellow or orange? Orange. Orange, orange okay. is bad. Which means it's bad. Yeah. And so they're not expected to be on, they're not playing anywhere this weekend. Their first game is at home November 6th. That's not this Friday, next Friday. Mm. Okay, November 6th. And they're supposed to play Grand Falls. Now, that's a big question mark. And they, they're supposed to come to Miramichi on the 14th yeah, of November. And, and conversely, they can't travel as of yet either. No, correct? I don't. I wouldn't believe they can. Right. Well, if, if you're not going to go there, you can't let them go somewhere else. Right. Right. So they're not scheduled anywhere this weekend. The Campbellton Tigers are and, not. And you know what? Uh, I, 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 it doesn't matter. Just my own personal bullshit. The two teams you wouldn't want to see all the time well, is the Campbellton Tigers and the Summerside Capitals. Yes. You know, give me Fredericton and Grand Falls. <laughs> give me Amherston. <laughs> I, I know Amherston in the other division, but it doesn't matter. But anyways, we're in many divisions. Uh, we're going to face those teams. We'll refresh the folks here. I thought it was four home, four away, so eight I think times in total. Eh? I think you're right. Yeah. So 16 of our shortened season schedule of 40 games yes. is against the those Hamilton Tigers and the yes. Summerside Capitals, yes. and then assuming fair weather, and uh, and by fair weather I mean uh, borders are open and we're in the safe bubble and everything's safe and the, the zones are yellow or better, uh, we will crisscross with the other division at, at some point in time and yes. crush those games. One and one type of thing and then right. play the other guys in, in the uh, in what they call the uh, North Division. So um, a lot of things have changed, but Timberwolves, so Timberwolves start at home October 30th. They play Grand Falls, and then November 1st, they travel to Edmonston to take on the Blizzard. So that is their first weekend. Oh, and I it forgot about be, Edmonston. Yes, Edmonston is uh, – and Edmonston was a team that if anybody was going to beat, you know, Summerside last year, it would have been Edmonston. Edmonston had the second-best record, and they only had nine losses during the regular season. Yeah. That would have been a champion – the North Division would have gone – Whoever was going to win the North Division was going to win the win the league. I would agree with that assessment. And move on. Yes. But Campbellton, it's it's you know, they don't start until November sixth at home if they do against Grand Falls. And then uh, the Timberwolves have a back to back on November thirteenth and fourteenth with the Campbellton home and away. So a lot still has to happen up in the north for Campbellton to be to be clear and free to 
send their team somewhere or have a team come in, and that's only time will tell what will happen there. All right, and the other mini division or the division within a division for uh, folks in our division uh, would be Grand Falls, Edmonston, and Fredericton. Correct. All right. Yes. Um, I'm looking at my agenda that I sent you earlier today. We have a welcome. We have an apology. We were going to say uh, COVID and local sports, Timberwolves, Wildcats, Timberwolves this season, last season, New Brunswick Senior Baseball League, Wildcats this season. Give us a quick. Well. A- and you haven't been down. They've only be- had, <coughs> excuse me, how many games? Six. Okay. I think they've had six. They're, they're the fewest team uh, uh, a team in the Maritimes to only have six because Moncton got hit and put into the orange zone. And the Wildcats, I believe, let me think, it was two or three home games. Let's say it was two. And both of the games we were going to do on Rogers TV. So we've yet to, I've yet to see them in action. Now, they're a far different team than they were last year. Here in the queue now, Acadie Bathurst, who was dead last last year, well, they're number one this year. And they've added a few, uh, have some 20-year-olds that are playing well. And they've got some youngsters that are playing well and full marks for what they're doing. But the whole maritime division, Patty, and you know this, because of the bubble, we're fully operational. That division is fully operational. In Quebec, they've got yeah. a number of teams that are in red zones. You, you, you and I differ on this. I think the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League was foolish to start as early as they did. I think they're getting exactly what any medical professional would have predicted was going to happen, and it's happening to them now. There is 12 other teams that play in Quebec. Six play in the Maritimes. I understand, but what... Uh, what, Hold on. Let me finish my thought. Oh, wow. The gloves just came off there. There are six teams that are going to play this weekend. Romuski Bay Como, not in a red zone. Runaranda Valdor, not in a red zone. Okay? Sherbrooke's not in a red zone, even though they did have somebody that was afflicted, but that was over three weeks ago now. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're playing somebody this weekend. I'm not sure. But if you didn't know, Blainville Blaubriant is a suburb of Montreal. Well, that whole area is a red zone. It's a war zone. And in around Quebec City is a red zone. War zone. Which I don't know if it includes Chicoutimi or not. Chicoutimi is about, oh, it's a... It's got to be an hour and a half north, so that would be like Moncton to Miramichi. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not in a red zone. So th- for the first time in the month of October... Uh, the Quebec side of the Quebec Major Hockey League is going to have some action this weekend. So uh, have some teams playing that haven't uh, – uh, that no, they had – a lot of the teams had two or three games under their belt, maybe even four. Right. Um, but, and they, they've been in a stall for the last two weeks. Where I get lost in all this and where I'm hypercritical of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is, is, is I don't understand why you jump the gun and have to – feel you have to play these games when the Ontario Hockey League and the Western Hockey League are nowhere near. Yeah, I don't look at it that way. Why? I look at it this way. Well, well I'll, let me finish. Why, why aren't they in sync? Why don't they just throw a dart at the calendar and say, we start on January 1, we start on February 15th, or whatever the date is? I think the fact that the maritime bubble was there and that you had six teams sitting there healthy and ready to go and then you're going to try it on the Quebec side. But, Patty, I don't think they were naive that they were going to cruise through. That's why I think they wanted to start early, in case the other guys were going to get going in December. We've already ex- – I'm not going to use the word experiment. Uh, we've already been in play, and we know now you feel out what you need to do to make sure the players are safe. And if, and if, and if uh, red zones happen, shut it down and wait. Now – in the, in the OHL, which is the Ontario Hockey League, and the Western Hockey League, both 
have American teams in their leagues. So that makes a big difference if you have a division like the Maritime, which is in a bubble and no problem traveling between provinces, and a Quebec, uh, not all of Quebec, but a large portion of Quebec that is restricted. So I, I see where they, they wanted to get at it. Let's do it. We've done everything we needed to to get there. And like I said to you at the start of the program, I give great credit to the front office of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and on all the teams. They were proactive the day that they were shut down to get ready to get at it as soon as they possibly could. Allow an apology. Safely. I forgot about the American connection to the other leagues. My bad. Big deal. But it's not like you to be conformist, Jerry. You, no. you, you usually like to buck uh, authorities, yes. and, but here you are patting them all on the back, and that strikes me as odd. Because all along they've been doing, even with um, uh, the draft, Is they it the were safe- ready to do the draft online. It- Everything was smooth as silk. Go ahead. No, no. Uh, I, 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 I really admire uh, the foresight uh, the determination, the uh, cooperation between all the teams and the league to try to move along to get to the point where they are now. Unfortunately, flare-ups in Quebec have prevented all the teams. But I think the teams themselves, and the teams did go to the province and say, look, we've done everything to keep our players safe, to keep our, our, our facility safe, and we think we need an exemption. Now, the, the province didn't go for that, and I can appreciate why. Uh, because, and I've talked about this uh, um, before with, with people about the league, these players, even though uh, the team might be keeping them safe when they travel or when they're in the facility, they still have to go home to a billet family. And you don't know where those people in the household of a billet family have been. So their chances are still a possibility they could become in contact with the COVID virus and not be from their team or from their facility. It could be from their billet. I'm going to go full Pulp Fiction on you here. It's an interesting point you make. Remember when Jules says that's an interesting point? (laughs) It is. Uh, As I listen to you, I I understand where you're coming from. Yes. Um, All right. uh, Are we good for now? Uh, if you th- if we've covered everything on the agenda, we know the Timberwolves are getting to roll, and we think they're going to be. Oh, one other thing that Jamie Keys wanted me to make sure was clear, and Patty, you might not even know this. Um, don't be talking down to me. Oh uh, well, I bet you don't know this. I bet you I do. Okay, how many people are allowed in the Miramichi Civic Center? One third of eighteen hundred and four, so six hundred and twenty some. Six fifty. I okay. thought it was twenty five percent. No. So six fifty. And season ticket holders will have a yellow sticker on their seat, so you cannot sit in a seat that has a yellow ticket. If you're going there just as a one-off, right? Okay, and you have to, of course, sit two seats away from the people that have the yellow, yellow uh, uh, um, uh, stickers on their seats. And the one other thing, the new wrinkle for them this year, um, the box office will be open game day every game day from. 12 until 2 if you want to get your tickets in advance instead of waiting in through going through the protocol at the gate and just easily coming in rather than standing in line for for a ticket the box office will be open 12 to 2 every home uh every um game day of every home game bar is open canteen is open there are some different rules there but everything is as you would expect uh, no uh, the one that is going to be an adjustment if you haven't had a rink outing yet um, is there's no outside beverages, so the, uh, your trip to your uh, favorite uh, coffee shop of choice is a no-go. and that's You cannot a, bring anything in with you. That's a killer, and as I'm looking at my final sip of my creative grounds here, that's a killer. Uh, the other one is, and I'm thinking of, uh, and they've been there a long time, so who's seen any more games than these guys? <coughs> there's no standing. 
There's no there's, there's no standing glass so, or up in the stands. Right, there's so no our, standing. Our boys like Jimmy Kelly and Abby Trier and Ron yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. Romeo and the rest of the guys mm-hmm. and everyone else who enjoys to stand. I'm just uh, singling out those guys because yes. we uh, when the when the gloves drop, uh, Jimmy Kelly's <laughs> leaning on his rail. Um, no standing, which is that look at we're a standing. Oh, that's a tradition. That's a tradition. Yeah, I mean you could have a sold out arena with empty seats because yeah. everyone not everyone but a certain portion of the population is standing and it, it's a little bit odd uh for us and staff there are certain areas we can't go um there's a certain way in and only only one way in only one way out yeah. um you can't go out uh during the intermissions uh for a breath of fresh air or a coffee or anything like that can't venture over to tim's you can't bring anything in with you the one that shocked the shit out of me and i understand it but it was until you see it and it's really bizarre i came up uh, and i never because we've always had access uh, to the dressing room which for folks uh, who would know? Uh, not know? Uh, we're down there in the penalty box area. We uh, and the Timberwolves' home dressing room is on our side, on the penalty box side of the arena. If you can picture the Civic Center in your mind's eye, we've always had access there to r- rush to the bathroom. Yeah. Ba- bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's off limits to us for for the safety of the kids and the the, the staff. And nary the, these two worlds are meeting at this point in time. So I venture off to the the, the washroom in the back, and you're only allowed two in at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's really bizarre when you're looking at a wall of urinals and a. a, a and a wall of uh, uh, um, what do you what do you call it? Uh, stalls. Stalls is the word I'm looking for there. And there's only two people in there, and you're just kind of like, how's she going? You know what I mean? Like it's awkward. It's very awkward. <laughs> Can I tell you my uh, my first? Uh, we have one more thing on the agenda. We'll get to it. I have it up here on my screen. Okay. Um, uh, my my one post COVID memory when when things were starting to relax and open back up again. Uh, we were back at work. And I got word that uh, Dixie Lee was back open. <laughs> and uh, someone said, Quinn, just came up over the hill. Dixie Lee's open. And I'm like, sweating. I'm in a fever here. So I'm like, I get the credit card from the the commander there at work. And I said, we're treating here. We're having a little get together and a post-COVID dinner as we all made our way back to work. So I, I'm. it's my first outing. Yeah, You're not used to queuing up outside and limited access inside so it's all new so if you can picture dixie lee in newcastle i'm working my way down the hill towards the royal bank working my way up jane street and it's like wow this is bizarre finally get to it there's security there is there is some representation from the head office the mother corporation and he's just the first day they open oh yeah okay i'm down over the hill with someone else's in line. with someone else's credit card in hand, I, I'm going all in on this. I'm not there for an Econo dinner. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm banging out a three hundred dollar bill here and getting a couple of barrels. No, not a three hundred dollar bill, but <laughs> but anyways, I'm there with a colleague from work, and the guy goes, "Sir," and I said, "What?" After like twenty minutes of queuing up outside, and he goes, "I just got to warn you." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like. I'm thinking, have we missed this already? Like, have they run out? Has there been that much of a rush? Yeah. This is like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy goes, no, I'm just going to warn you that we're on a limited menu today. And you're like, oh, my God. And I said, what do you mean by limited limited menu? <laughs> and he looks at me. There's no broccoli. <laughs> me, me of all people. And he goes, all we're serving today is chicken, fries, and gravy. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, open this door. <laughs> I'm not here for, you know. <laughs> That's, that's all I'm here for. I'm not here for the chef salad. You know? <laughs> yeah, all we're serving is chicken fries and gravy. 
And I'm like, oh, that'll do, my friend. <laughs> Please open this door. No, I came for the coleslaw. <laughs> uh, Which the, you would come for anyways. The other, for the, the other one I want to give a plug to here, too, that was on our agenda, uh, and, and we kind of glazed over it uh, when we were talking senior baseball, is uh, Chris Jardine. Uh, some people uh, uh, know him online as Snaggle J. He's got a, quite a following, and he's a great content creator here. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that New Brunswick Senior Baseball League uh, simulation mm-hmm. all through the summer. And yes. uh, you know what? It was something to watch. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the complete nerdery of it all. Yes. He inserted the previous year's uh, rosters and uh, sim the game on this uh, software that uh, of an organization he belongs to. And lo and behold... Can you imagine the work that would have gone into that? I can appre- No, I can't imagine it, but oh. I can certainly appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I followed it on Facebook. I followed it on Twitter. And it was just something to do. And uh, St. John ended up beating the uh, Chatham Ironman. Uh, game seven, wasn't it? Yeah, it went seven. Yeah. And uh, the St. John Alpines won the uh, simulated 2020 New Brunswick Senior Baseball League championship now i don't know if that means they get to go to the nationals next year or not uh or if it's uh, that binding but uh anyways credit where credit is due uh and i wanted to get a little plug in there for snaggle and uh, chris jardine um and i should also mention too that he's a great content creator which i did but uh, you can source him out online uh, can we get a few other plugs in here it's your show philip mcgee remember philip uh, used to yeah. referee he's got yeah. a great podcast uh he's out <sighs> he's out in saskatchewan now i believe um, jeepers, I should have uh, better prepared that. But uh, uh, it is called uh, The Leading Edge Umpire Story. So Philip uh, is, a, I said we remember him from the rink, but we certainly remember him from the ball field as well. It's got a, it's got an official's bent to it, and it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, it does sound interesting. It does. And uh, you'll, you'll, there's a couple of them that have the reference their trips to Miramichi for senior mm-hmm. nationals and mm-hmm. what a – what a treat it is to you know to get the call to do a, a championship A, but also here B, uh, because it's so well attended and the atmosphere, <laughs> atmosphere and the yeah. place to be. Uh, the other one I want to give a little quick plug to is a former Miramichi Timberwolves player, defenseman. He was a beauty, loved him on the ice, loved him more off the ice. Great guy. Uh, haven't uh, exchanged words with him in some time, but uh, a little wave uh, to Harrison Harper. Uh, he has his own podcast as well, and uh, I would encourage you to uh, source that out and uh, have a little listen to that. Okay. Anything else you want to jump in here on? No. <laughs> well, you're going to edit that anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right, so check out that. Uh, all right. All right, so just want to get those in there. And as well, uh, I'm going to give a little plug here again as well. We're going we're to keep pushing this one because he's been so uh, generous of uh, both his time, his technology, and his space. Uh, Victor and Sam Rushton, you can check out them on the Shantyman podcast on your device of choice and your service of choice. Uh, they're they're kind of everywhere. And the other final plug I want to get in here is Jeremy Bork, who was the original um, creator behind the music you hear both in and out of this show, the intro and extra, as nerds in mm-hmm. our business would say. Uh, so we want to give him a plug for his contribution as well. Well, let's just hope in this bubble that we live in in Atlantic Canada that the um, for us sports guys that the Maritime Hockey League gets a happy and safe. Uh, season mm-hmm. underway and rolls along and hope everything gets better in Campbellton. I think that's the only uh, uh, fly in the ointment. Hopefully everything gets better up there and that the queue gets rolling. And, and for again, from a sports perspective, let's just say everybody healthy and safe and, and hopefully they can continue. Thank you for listening in. Please share. Uh, Jerry and I are both active on uh, Twitter 
and Instagram. Myself more so on the Instagram than Jerry. So if you see us post it and uh, share a link back to the podcast, we'd appreciate a like and uh, and a retweet if you could spread the word. We'd appreciate comments that. are welcome. Comments are welcome. Topics are welcome. If you yeah. fire us a direct tweet and we'll we'll get at it in time. Uh, comments, good or bad, uh, you don't need to ego stroke us. If you think we're a bunch of rambling fools, we we'd appreciate hearing that as well. Um, so, what about how many? <laughs> what about scheduling of these things? So Let's hang on here. Up. Okay, l- l- sorry, l- let ahead. me finish this dissertation. Okay. Uh, uh, the follow is important as well. Uh, on Spotify yes. and Apple Podcasts. That mm-hmm. way you'll know when there's a new episode. Uh, so we would appreciate that. And if you could just share and spread the word, if, you, if you're if you listening in and you're enjoying this or you have enjoyed the first uh, 15 episodes, uh, we appreciate it. But uh, please uh, join the uh, join uh, the run team, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're on the your official street team members, and we would appreciate anything you could do to help spread the word. Now, as you mentioned scheduling, look at life make it in the way here for us best we can extrapolate because of the space we're in there is uh, uh judo and jujitsu that happens here there's some dance classes we're going to try and get in on wednesdays every wednesday so then if we bottom line there should be a new episode weekly okay so if we produce it wednesday when does it when does it hit your uh you know download supplier or provider or whatever oh, now you son of a gun that's a that's well, a, I don't know. It, that's a can pressure. People, can people look for it every Thursday? Can they look for it every Friday? What? When can they look for it? I'll answer this okay. two ways. Hmm. If you follow on your yes. service of choice, you'll get a notification that there is a new episode, understanding that. And if time permits, my goal is to edit and package together, produce, as we would say in this business, and get it up. So it's ready to go on Thursday, if not late Wednesday. So hopefully every seven days they can look forward to one. There'll be new content once a week. Because what else we got to do? Moving forward. <laughs> SFA is what you... <laughs> so what we have done, folks, just to bring you into our lives, we are scheduling a day, a week, the same day, every week to do this and hopefully get to you and hopefully you'll enjoy it we will enjoy doing it and if there's anything you'd ever like to see tackled here a topic uh, we still got to do and i keep beating the drum on this one we still got to there is a certain portion of people who want to hear our riverman stories well, let's walk before we run and, and everyone likes say that again <laughs> let's walk before we run before we the run very <laughs> I like that. Um, and the other one is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We're, we're very sports-centric, of course. It's what we know best, do best. What about that hotels, rinks, and road trips? That was the one we were going to do. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to expand our horizons here as yeah. well. And, and of course, we like uh, some uh, trivia every now and again. I like putting you on the spot. You like yeah. putting me on the spot. Maybe maybe, maybe while we're back in uh, episode 16, may I put you on the spot and uh, see how your brain is working? Right here, right now? Right here, right now. Sure. Uh, so let me think of one. All right, so let's go back to episode 15, which, as we said before, was our most listened to episode, mm-hmm. the Chatham Senior Ironman's run mm-hmm. to the Nationals. And by the way, little footnote to this. We did a trivia at a local establishment, and one of the Ironman players bollocks <laughs> the team that they beat in the final. I'm going to give him a pass on it, yeah. although I lit him up that night yes. via the microphone. Yeah. But let's go back to that Nationals, Jerry. And I would ask you to name all the teams that were there. Mm. Don't give me Ontario and Alberta. Well, we know Quebec's Quebec. Okay. Okay. L'Etoile de Quebec, or whatever they call themselves. Then you have, uh, from St. John's, you have, what's the Capitals. 
Then you have the uh, Sydney Sooners. I love this. You're going east to west here. Yeah, the Dartmouth um, Moosehead Dry. Moosehead Dry. Dartmouth Dry. Dartmouth Dry. But it's named after the, the beer product. Yeah. Uh, Fredericton Royals. Yeah. Chatham Ironman. Of course. Then Quebec. So then we're going to Ontario. Here. We did Quebec. Quebec yeah. was just Quebec, wasn't always. it? Always. Yeah, always. Ontario came from... The Ironman, or the Ironman played them. Yeah. Sean Ingersoll was their chef. Okay, in hold Sean, on a second. If you will. Okay, Not so there. the Burnaby Bulldogs. Oh, he's coming west. You had now. the Sherwood Park. Sherwood Park. Oh, come on. 13 innings. The dust up. Don't forget. Yeah, this. I know, but I'm trying to think of the nickname. Sherwood Park Dodgers. I don't know. Sherwood Park what? Sherwood Park. Hold on. Sherwood Park. They were black, green, and gold. Their uniforms. Come on. No, I don't know. Athletics. Oh, I should have known that. Uh, nobody from Saskatchewan. Manitoba yeah. was from. Now, don't embarrass yourself here now for those of you joining us oh, for the first time. Jerry has roots in oh, yeah, Winnipeg. Um, These are your boys, Jerry. Yeah, but it wasn't in the, it wasn't a city team. It was outside the city. And it, uh, I don't know, Vernon. So, Was so it Vernon? So it's not your typical Brandon. It's not your typical Winnipeg. No, no, no. Right? No, 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 no. Uh, I can't remember, Patty. I'm going to give you the nickname first, and then you can come backwards. Okay. Dodgers. No. Really? I can't remember. Oak River. No, I wouldn't have remembered that. And I can't remember who Ontario was represented. Oh, it was... Uh, um, I was, you know what? Here, I'm going to give you, if you've seen him in, in, lately, uh, and I referenced him earlier, Sean Ingersoll. Sean Ingersoll still walking around town with a cappy uh, traded out for, and uh, I, I'm reminded of them often. Okay, I don't know. And they kind of fizzled. They weren't as they weren't your typical Ontario no. team. Who were they? Are you tapping out? Yes. Sarnia Braves. No, I wouldn't have come up with that. Really? No. No. You want to try me? I out? remember everything else about the tournament, so that's the only thing you could stump me on, I guess, was the name of all the teams. You want to try me out or do you want to leave that for a future episode? Want to try you out? Mm -hmm. Okay. Who was at bat for the last out of the tournament? And what team was he playing for? Okay. He was the guy that was in the home run derby. Nope. Oh, I don't think I I don't think he was. Okay, hang on here now. He hit that ball, so there's runners on second and third. Hits the ground ball to Doucet. Doucet okay. makes it Doucet makes a Hail Mary, flips it well, over to Well, we two. know all that. No, but hang on. I'm just let me don't interrupt the, the, the genius here. Doucet flips the ball over to Case. Game set and match. Ironman win four three. Three two or four three? Four three. Holy shit. 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. There we go. Thank you. I should ask you what the final score was. <clears throat> he made the final out. Came off the bench, pinch hitter. Why? I'm going to say- Because he was Oh, injured. the hamstring guy. He, uh, 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 Chris Head. Yes. <laughs> Baby. Because we said- Yes. You know, and it, it became a kind of a, a sell line, you know. If it, if, it was, if it was a healthy head, 
he might have beat Case to the bag. That was the thing. So I thought you might come up with that. I gave you too many clues, though. Isn't it interesting that, and you're 100% right, uh, I mean, because Doucette was way off into no man's land there when he made that stab. I think Cormier may have had a chance at it if if it went untouched past Doucette. Yeah, but, but Case was right there. Case was right there, but a healthy head might have beaten that one out. Yeah. And the worst case scenario... Oh, the, uh, they would win or lose on that play. Yeah, we, the game. The game I was going to say maybe, they, lose on may, that play. maybe they hold that runner up in third, no. but there's no way that no, coach is winning. Lose, yeah, win or lose. Then. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a safe call, Case is looking at the umpire going, and then the guy's scoring anyway, so it's over. The other caveat yeah. to all this too is very good. You did good there. Thank you. I gave you too many clues though. No, um, no. the pity party. Now. Anyways, that was good. All right. So the other caveat to all this, uh, uh, two things I want to endeavor to do over the course of time here. And, and I think COVID-19 and coronavirus and pandemic has enlightened the, the world on Zoom. So maybe we can get a Neil Hodge or mm-hmm. and we'll try and incorporate that here uh, through this wizardry and technology and or any of the nuts that live in miramichi that we could get on yeah you know. right so but oh, you know what I've, I've always wanted to have hodge on yeah because i want to go back to that 95 year with the the alpines <laughs> the forefathers of the wildcats because yes. yeah. i was there and it was a train wreck and it was a disaster i'd love to have mm-hmm. that conversation uh i often read and admire i've never met uh the gentleman that writes for the herald there um he's willie paloff paloff thank you very much bruce hallahan hallahan would be beautiful we're Come talking on. about Right, sports writers yeah. for the local newspaper, the the uh, regional newspapers, be it Halifax, Moncton, and Fredericton. Bill Hunt would be tremendous. Yes, he would do that. Um, and uh, the other one that just went, Hatcher would be a dandy mm-hmm. as well. And um, I always love the way that the Charlottetown and uh, Summerside, I think Charlottetown Guardian and Summerside Journal Journal, Pi- Journal Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love the way they cover local sports. I don't know. I don't know any of those guys or gals for that matter. Uh, but I would like to connect with one of them. And, and you know what? Maybe we throw in a. You know, maybe I'm dreaming here, but maybe you throw in a Brad Malone if we can hook it up, or if the world. But it, it, you know what we're trying to say is um, we're rejuvenated. We have a plan. We're rejuvenated. Well, no. I mean, when we first started to do the run, we were. Um, shooting for the stars where you could have guests in all the time and and uh, coming up with new ideas. But as I said to you just a few minutes ago, let's walk before we run it and start being a focused sports show of the week past and move slowly as we go because we are trying to develop a schedule that folks could, if they like us, can you know, anticipate a new show every seven days. And so I can prepare myself uh, for the conversation. The ho- what, what do you call that other little segment? Hotels, highways, or? Uh, uh, rinks, hotels, and roads. Something like that. Road trips, rinks, and, and uh, hotels. Hotel, no, hotels, rinks, and road trips. All right, real yeah. quickly, let's, let's, let's tease the folks here. Uh, we've said goodbye a few times. Real quickly, the worst rink in the queue to do a broadcast from? Charlottetown. Holy shit, really? Because that's, nice, yes. that's a nice rink. Oh, they do not accommodate the press. See, I, well, I, mean, I, say the I thought press, you were going to say, I thought you were going to say something off. I thought you were going to say Valdor ruined Randa Bay. Come on. Patty, I'm in a possible maybe folding chair with my knees up against the uh, front of a luxury box that they've converted to a media area, which is horrible. And I've got a coffee table to put all my equipment on, and I got my papers in my hands. I'm turning to the left, turning to the right, because I can't sit square because my knees would be up to the. Anyways, that's that's Gee. that's. Gee. I was looking for a teaser there, and no, I didn't. 
I didn't realize I had to charge the paddles. Now, Jeez. there's a lot of other places that are cold and desolate, but this, if for comfort, horrible. Jesus, Murphy, you are up there. <laughs> My God. But you asked me. All right. Episode 16. And I had an answer quick, you didn't You did, I? too. I, I, not what I was expecting. Um, episode 16 is in the books. Thanks for listening. Give us a share. Give us a follow. Uh, thoughts, questions, and uh, reviews are... Welcome. Absolutely. And we'll see you soon enough.